Welcome to Healing for the Soul podcast, with this being season number four, episode number 29. I am your host, Robin Stoltman, and today I have my guest, Rob Feltz, who has a BA in psychology, and he has a multi sub, multiple subject credentials, and he is on the show talking about parental and student anxiety during the pandemic. And before we get started, remember, every week I feature different guests to help you become the best version of yourself through different methods you may not have heard of or thought of. So let's get started. Thank you so much, Rob, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for the invitation. And it's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. Well, how has the pandemic affected kids and their parents? We'll just get right into like the main top question. Oh my gosh. We need about five hours to do that. But no, um, seriously, <clears throat> um, I yeah, it. great question. Thank you for asking that. The pandemic has really hit hard a lot of families. And, um, uh, you know, when we went into shutdown, <clears throat> excuse me, back in March of 2020, um, it was like we went from 90 mile, miles and up to nothing. And what happened was, um, you know, as, as you know, out here in California, you know, there was some, uh, a lot of fear going on with this pandemic. Cause at that time with the COVID there was no vaccination. So what had happened with a lot of parents, a lot of families is a lot of folks we found at our school lost their job. Sometimes families would move in with grandma and, and that sort of thing. And kids went from being able to go outside and play and be with their friends and go to the nickel arcade and John's incredible pizza. And then all of a sudden just nothing. And they basically were <clears throat> me, staring at four walls in their home. And it created a lot of anxiety for kids. And when we went to distance learning, what was really difficult was um, the, the kids, you, you could hear siblings in the background, maybe parents in the background, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, uh, the anxiety was a lot for the the parents because some of them still had to go out to work and they had to leave their children either in the care of the older siblings and sometimes the older siblings my wife who's also a teacher notices too with her sixth grade students and i teach fifth grade with the sixth grade students um a lot of times they were responsible for the care of their younger siblings and so when it was time for distance learning kind of like what we're doing now in zoom um they, you know, if the baby was crying or the baby needed food, then, you know, they would have to step away from their distance learning connection with their teacher and take care of the, the family. Um, and the, the families were, were kind of stressed, the, the parents. And one of the things that we tried to do, I have a fantastic colleague I work with. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we did, and you're going to think we're wacky here, but I guess to be a teacher, you have to be a little, a little wacky, but we love what we do. We would give, uh, we've given our families our personal cell numbers and we say, hey, you know, if you have a question or a problem, you know, um, the, the workday doesn't end for us at three o'clock. If, you know, we, we appreciate, you know, you might be working nights and sleep during the day, but you might be working all day and maybe you need to get a hold of us and have a question about a behavior, behavior or, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a, an assignment. And some of the families were like, you know, this is just so hard. You know, this is just so hard and they get a little stir crazy, you know, and, you know, because the kids are cooped up. And there was a time 
here in California, you probably remember where the governor called a shelter in place. And, and so you couldn't really go anywhere. And can you imagine Robin? I mean, you know, I mean, I know you have children. My daughter is, uh, our daughter is in her early twenties, but you have school age kids and they can't go outside and they can't play with their friends. They can't go to school where a lot of their socialization is. And, um, they get cooped up and they get stir crazy. And then their parents are having a tough time dealing with that too. So I <clears> excuse like me, kind of, you my can relate to that. Right? I, yeah. And, but maybe that's just because mine are all little too. I mean, like mm-hmm. mine are under six years old, you know, all, all five of them, but I mean, like they're six and under, but yeah, I know what it's like. They do go stir crazy after like two or three days, not being outside of the house. Exactly. And then we go crazy because we're like, we just want the kids to settle down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of parents would be like, do you have any suggestions, anything we can do? And we're like, you know, folks, we're, we're, we're like flying the jet, the new jet plane while we're reading the instruction manual, you know? So we're, we're all in this together and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, you know, Robin, that was one of the toughest things was, with adults, we can kind of understand and grasp what's going on. But for kids, when they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and older, wow, their world just came to a halt. And they're looking at this talking head. And some of them never met me. You know, I'm just this talking head, you know. Uh, and it's hard to have that relationship and rapport with a child and a child with a teacher if you're not in the same physical proximity, right? And so, that was what was um, really challenging. And some of the kids would be really tuned out. Some of them wouldn't want to turn on their camera or their microphone, or maybe sometimes depending on what the situation was at home with, you know, younger siblings running around screaming through the house, they, they wouldn't necessarily um, want to turn on their camera or their microphone. And some of them got tuned out because it, it's almost like surreal. It's like, you know, this isn't a real person I'm talking to. This person who is my teacher, he's this, you know, he's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a little thumbnail um, window on my on my computer screen. And, and so it, what was really dispiriting, Robin, was that as the school year went on, um, a lot of kids got tuned out and some wouldn't log again and you know and I would talk to some of the kids when we actually went back into session uh, when we had great social uh, back in the classroom we had the plastic partitions we were masked up and um, it was weird already you know with that but I had to stop and I asked the kids I said guys I need to know how are you feeling what are you feeling and some of the kids would share Mr. Belts, you know, um, you know, with the pandemic, I, I felt really sad. I couldn't go visit grandma. Uh, um, I, I couldn't go out to the park and play with my friends. Um, some of them were angry because they couldn't, you know, for the same reason, be with their friends, go out and do the things they love to do, go to the movies, go out for John's Incredible Pizza, wherever they like to go. And I said, I really appreciate that. And here's the thing that I really tried to do. Um, I'd mentioned to them, you guys are my heroes. You guys are my heroes. Why? Because we as adults can kind of understand what's going on. But for the kids, 
you guys don't understand. It's like everything came to a screeching halt. And it wasn't anything you did or anybody else did. It's just kind of the way things went. I said, you guys are my heroes. Thank you for being strong. And one of the things I wanted to give them, and a lot of us did this too, a lot of my teaching colleagues and friends did, we said that this is temporary. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. And at the same time, a lot of us are just terrified because, you know, you hear about the COVID deaths and there's no vaccine and two or three years out and whatnot. And, um, you know, things got better. And I said, you guys are here. You guys are healthy. And one thing I, I really tried to do with, with lowering anxiety, and I still do, I have them, um, we do ages and stretches. And so every day, we'll spend about maybe eight minutes, we'll do stretches, we'll do something simple. We'll do neck rolls, you know, we'll do arm rotations, we'll do hip rotations, we'll, um, you know, do some leg stretches and things. And then we do a thing for affirmations, um, because I really feel it's important for kids' self-esteem. I tell them, guys, sometimes your families are working really hard, and God bless all the families. I mean, they're our heroes, too. They're out mm-hmm. working. Maybe they're working, you know, one, two, three jobs because maybe they've lost their business, and I have them repeat things like, you know, uh, I am smart. I have a smart brain. I have a kind heart. I have helping hands. I am creative. I am capable. I am artistic. I am loved. I am needed. I am wanted. I am special. I am unique. I have greatness within me. And then I'll turn to one of the kids and say, okay, let's do a virtual high 10. Okay. So what's a positive message energy you want to give to somebody else? Okay. And one of the kids, we did one today and they said, uh, you are amazing. Okay, guys, with the COVID, you know, we can't really, you know, physically high five each other. We'll do a virtual high 10 on three. You are amazing. One, two, three, wham, you are amazing. And the kids really love that. And there was one day when we got busy with something else. And one of the little girls who's sweet as pie, she said, Mr. Belts, we didn't do stretches and affirmations yesterday. And I, I went home and felt, felt a little cranky. And I went, oh, okay, good to know. Point well taken. We're going to make sure we do it every day. And so we do that. And um, I think it helps the kids. And I tell them, you can teach your parents this and, um, and that sort of thing. So that's one of the things I've tried to do with lowering kids' anxiety is that sense of positive self-worth. And it's not just, you know, me getting on the soapbox and, you know, uh, you know, blowing a bunch of smoke their way. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's true. We all have unique talents and gifts and abilities, and we all mean something in the grand scheme of life. And I want them that, that to be instilled with them and not to be afraid of what's going on and to know that whatever's going on in the world, whatever it is, um, social unrest, the, the COVID, whatever, that, you know, right here and right now they're safe and we are their family away from their own family and, and we are together and we're going to take care of one another like a family does and support each other with positive words. We're going to learn and, and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, we find that the kids, you know, positively really responded that I ask them, sometimes I think they're bored. I'm like, do you, are you guys, you know, what do you guys think of the stretches and affirmation? Oh, Mr. Bells, you know, they're like, I'm like, cool. You know, so I think it makes me feel as good, 
<clears throat> as them. So that's just kind of like what I've kind of pulled out of my bag of tricks, n n not in the, um, um, you know, <clears throat> a, a devious way or uh, just because way, but something that I felt needed to be done. And it's not in the teacher handbook, but a lot of us have had to kind of create our own way to, to build kids' self-esteem and kind of help them, you know, be less anxious. We do some deep breathing, too. One of the things I, I teach the kids, take a deep breath in. And I have them say, say, I'm breathing in positivity. I'm breathing in positivity. Now exhale. Say, I'm breathing out negativity. I'm breathing out negativity. And so that's another thing we do, too. So kind of like a total physical response. So that's kind of the method to my madness. And that's I'm sticking to my story. <laughs> well, no, that that's good to have. They need to be teaching that in schools in, in general. That's like what my thought is. You're like, they, kids need to be taught their emotions are theirs. Nobody can make you feel a certain way. You're the one that chooses them. And kids need to be taught how to label them. Because I have found that when adults don't even know how to label their own emotions, it creates problems. And I'm guilty of that, too, because there's some emotions I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling something. So then I'll pull out like my picture chart and I'm like, that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this emotion and label it. And then it just like, OK, I'm like, that's all I had to do. That's all it wanted to be heard was just like, that's what emotion I was feeling. But I think that's important that you're doing that with the kids, because when they're breathing, they're shifting their their energy, they're being more mindful. And there's a lot of studies to show that mindfulness is the key to a lot of a lot of good that we need in our lives. So that's a good thing that you're doing that. So I can see why the Thank kids you. would like that. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, we just, you know, it's all about the kids and trying to meet their emotional needs. And um, I wanted to share with you too, something very interesting that my principal uh, experienced. This was early on this school year. He went on a Zoom meeting with, I think it was about, 50 or 100 principals across the whole United States. And they were sharing common things, you know. Oh, kids seem to not be doing well academically and, 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 and this and that. And it was interesting because they noticed, we've noticed um, in the teaching community that a lot of the kids that were doing distance learning with the shutdown, with the schools and, and whatnot, mm -hmm. that it kind of stunted their social emotional learning. And what we've discovered is that a lot of kids, uh, like third graders, will be kind of socially, emotionally functioning at a first grade level, fourth graders kind of at a second grade level, fifth graders at a third grade level. And it's just really interesting because with that lack of socialization, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier, Robin, where yeah. we're sitting in these poor kids are sitting in these same four walls day in and day out, week after week, month after month. They don't have that socialization and um yeah that that's that's been pretty tough and i remember uh our principal told us at one point hey guys you know right now we need to kind of put the academics on the back burner we need to focus on on the kids and on good manners and some of the kids kind of forgot their manners and you know i i know that kids really love media i know a lot of adults do you know uh but what was interesting is are you familiar with the TikTok challenge yeah, there's quite a few that I've heard, and I'm like, some uh, of them not so good, 
the last like there was one there was one I heard about a Tide Pod thing and for a Tide Pod challenge in TikTok or something. And then there was another one I heard. So that's when kids were eating the Tide Pods and the candy or something like that. Oh, and then wow. there was another one I heard um, recently that they were worried about it happening here was like kids are supposed to steal something like that from the school or something. That's yeah. the last one I heard. I'm like, I don't understand why these kids are doing this. Like, I understand, like, because they are being, okay, so a lot of people don't think that they're being hypnotized, but they are being hypnotized incorrectly because of the social media, the constant being on social media. I believe that's why they're, they call them internet trolls. But to me, I'm like, I think that's where people have gotten more anxiety, more anger, more violence, more mental health issues is because they're spending more time on social media and they would never say over 50% of the stuff that they say online to that exact same person in, in real life. They just wouldn't because they know that they'd get their, they get their block knocked off. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying they, they wouldn't be saying it if they were in person. Exactly. And, and Robin, I totally agree with you. Are you familiar with the one about the um, vandalizing the bathroom? I think that was the first one. Every month. No, I haven't heard some, that. Well, we had a big problem out here in California, especially in our town. Um, one of the TikTok challenges was um, go in and kind of like trash the bathroom. And at one of the high schools, some of the kids removed an entire toilet and a sink. And at our, our school, sometimes they would break the soap dispensers and whatnot. And it's kind of like this challenge, like, uh, you know, like you say, it's like they would, you know, if this were a real life situation, it's one thing. But when they see it on the media, they're so dialed into that. And certainly media, you know, it has its benefits in a lot of ways. But one of the things that our principal did and our district did, and, and I want to impress this upon all the parents that are listening to this, please be very aware of your child's social media particularly TikTok, um, Instagram, some of that stuff, because some of the kids are really acting out in not appropriate ways. And I don't want to slam the, the media, but I agree with you. There's a lot of negative stuff that kids are picking up. And yeah. that's one of the things. Yeah. yeah. And so like some of the other TikTok challenges were like, you know, um, swat your friend's girlfriend on the rear end or, you know, hit a teacher. And, uh, you know, things like this, that's just way, way, you know, out of line. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's gotten better in some respects. We've really had to crack down, but we still get a little bit of vandalization in the, in the bathrooms. And we're just trying to teach the kids that our school is our community. It's our home away from home. I'm like, would you guys do that in, in your own house? No. What would happen? Oh, I get, you know. You're like you said, you're block yeah. knocked off, right? And yeah, as well you or I, if we did that. So, um, you know, I just, and also sometimes some kids are taking pictures of themselves in clothing that is not age appropriate. And, or not at all. Or, yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, we haven't dealt with that yet, at least where, where I'm at. But yeah, that, that can happen. And they're trying to pass themselves off as someone older and, you know, I, I just, you know, to you and all of our 
are the parents that might be listening to the podcast, please, please, please monitor your child's social media, you know, and, and kind of get a feel for that. And um, that's one of my biggest concerns. One of our biggest concerns is that the kids are just so dialed into that. And, um, you know, we could, we could go on a whole side topic about we you know, could. <laughs> some of the computer games, you know, that have violence and whatnot. And, and it, it's not, it's not for me to, as an educator to dictate to anybody, but one thing that we do impress upon our families a lot, I have a terrific teaching partner. Uh, we impress families uh, and the kids when we meet with them for conference, you know, we don't put a lot of homework on them. We, you know, there's a lot enough stress going on. You know, we, we give them like maybe 30 minutes of reading, 30 minutes of math a night. And then it's like, um, you know, when your child goes home, you know, go for a family walk, um, do some chores, help mom cook dinner, be a family, go visit grandma, you know, go out and have pizza, things like this. That's more important. It's about the child. And particularly during this time with the pandemic, because I've had a discussion with my kids, Robin, in my class uh, mm -hmm. just the other day. And some of them are still feeling a little sad or a little nervous. You know, they keep hearing about the, the, the variant strains going around. And some of them have lost, you know, grandparents. Um, I know at my school, we had about a third of our staff out with Omicron. And my wife and I just finished recovering. And we were double vaccinated and had the booster. And we're masked up and practically taking a bath and hand sanitizer, you know, in the classroom. And, um, you know, I just, to, and I think it's important that kids kind of not listen to the media too much, but again, that's not my call as an educator, but from one parent to others, you know, that media just likes to cycle it. Like, you know, COVID is right outside your front door. Well, no, it's not. It's, you and I both know it's, it's out there, but it, you know, it's not the wolf clawing in at the front door. Right. So, yeah. And me personally, I've been exposed to it for, I got it, I got it while I was pregnant and I got the only oh. complication with it, which is pneumonia. Pneumonia, we oh. know for a fact, will kill people. That's the only known complication, but nobody will go out and say it except for me. And um, I had pneumonia, that is far worse because my husband, when he had it and I'm like, and then I get all these men that have had it and I'm like, you want to be pregnant, 33, 34 weeks pregnant, have pneumonia with that. Yeah. And then we talk, the men <laughs> that were complaining, I'm like, they, they quickly quit talking because they're like, they realized <laughs> I had it harder being oh, pregnant. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I haven't had it since I never got anything and I'm not going to, but um I've been exposed four more times, never got it back since. And I'm very thankful for that. My kids never got it, and they've been exposed five times. So I'm like, take good care of yourself. Stay away, stay away from the social media. Like you said, that's, I think it should be banned for anyone under 18. I really do. Because it is, it causes so many problems. And that's not to say that we don't need it. But when we've got grown adults on there, that are acting worse than children. Like I said, it's, I, I had to start cutting Facebook. I had to start doing things for my own sanity. Cause I'm like, if anybody wanted to meet me in person with what they just said online to me, I'm like, they wouldn't say it. They, they just wouldn't. 
And it's not because yeah. I'm, it's not because I'm a violent person, but it's like they would have respect for another person instead of just saying, oh, they're just somebody on Facebook or whatever, you know. I, I think you kind of get like what I'm trying to say. Like, oh, different than, yeah. It's, it's, it's easier to talk brave <clears throat> when you're kind of this faceless entity, right, Robin? On yes. The other side. And it's totally different. When you, well, I'll give you a classic example that kind of really supports what you're saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've seen this several times this year. Oh, my gosh. But kids will talk brave and they'll talk smack about other kids. And mm -hmm. then you get a whole bunch of other kids on there and then they want to fight at school or jump other kids. And we weren't having that problem a while back. And again, you know, I don't know how much of that is the COVID situation. I think a lot of it's just social media, but I'm it like, is. gee guys, you know, can't we do something? Cause go out and ride your bike, you know, uh, paint a picture, um, you know, throw a basketball around, you know, those sorts of things. And, um, you know, kind of talking a little bit about anxiety, you know, I'm, I'm a two-time prostate cancer survivor and I oh, had, wow, a, I uh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I had a recurrence. Um, let's see, where are we at here? Sorry, I had to think. Uh, last January of 2021, and oh, there wow. was some concern about me going in the classroom. And so, you know, I kind of think about some of the families. What about these parents and grandmas and grandpas that have asthma and some of these other things going on? And then they've got the kids and then the COVID thing going on. And so, um, I can tell you being um, a two-time cancer survivor that, you know, being in the classroom, I, I've got, I've gotten COVID once. I had my shots. I had my uh, booster and I'm not getting on my soapbox about the, about the oh, vaccine at all. But my, my point being taken is that, um, you know, I survived it and I was afraid and I just, I really want to encourage all the parents that are listening and the grandparents and the guardians you know, um, take a deep breath. Um, just, you know, be good to yourself. And who is it, uh, Robin? Maybe you heard this one. It was, I think it was Zig Ziglar said it, and I love it. Fear is false evidence appearing as truth. And so... It probably was him. I'm sorry? I think it probably was him. I, I've heard it so many times for false yeah. evidence appearing real that... Thank you. It's, I think um, you're right. I think that's it. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we just, we got to be brave for these kids. I mean, I was nervous. I mean, I had a recurrence of cancer and, and at that point they didn't have any, um, you know, vaccines. And so, you know, we're masked up, we're hand sanitizing. We got the partitions around us. I'm like, you know, the, you know, the world still spins around and it's time to just get in there and do it. And I've had, I have other colleagues too. Some of them, uh, have, uh, mine was early stage one cancer and I've had some friends that are like stage four and, oh, um, wow. they're still in the classroom doing it. And I don't say that to toot our own horn, Robin, but I say it from the perspective that, um, you know, we just, you know, sometimes we just got to do what we got to do and, and not, not let the fear cripple us. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, that makes sense because I know like with the work that I do with the subconscious mind, you know, like in the hypnotherapy, I'm like, we come up with our own problems, like 95% of all medical issues that are so-called medical issues 
are because of our own doing with stress, with our mindset, everything causes illness. Like that's why I attracted, that's how I attracted COVID the first time. I'm like, you know what? Let's just get it. So I can tell people that it's not that bad because that's exactly what I did. Yes, I do have asthma. So it wasn't the funnest when I had an asthma attack while having pneumonia. Uh, that was horrible. I will say that. Oh, um, God bless you. But I did learn a lot about my own strength. That That's why I haven't attracted it back because I'm like, I know how to take care of myself. I do essential oils. I, I do have like CBD oil. I do those things routinely so that I don't get sick. But when I attracted it, I'm like, that's okay because I needed to. But then, um, yeah, like our mindset, like um, my, my, my favorite one to tell people is like fibromyalgia. That's mostly for attention. And I know that because one, it's a body syndrome. And body syndromes are basically anything that the doctors can't find a why to having it. And that's not saying that everything's that way. But I will say this, that using the hypnotherapy and the emotional freedom technique for like the energy work I do, that's why I don't have fibromyalgia anymore. That's why I don't have the depression and the anxiety and stuff like that anymore. Because I figured out how to use it to empower me. And people aren't talking about that stuff. So it's like, I rarely see a doctor now, only when I'm pregnant and that's about it. Even at that, I'm like, <laughs> I told the doctor, I told the doctor this the last time when I got pregnant, last two times now, I've said, you know what? I want to stay healthy. I'm going to stay away from you guys. I know when I got to come in, I got to come in at my 20 week ultrasound just because I've had repeat C-sections and the other time is 28 weeks for my program. And then the next time's delivery. And they're like, yep, that's fine. I'm like, I want to stay healthy. <laughs> Amen to that. God yeah. bless you. God bless you for for um, what you do and helping others. And, you know, Robin, there's a lot of, I've done a little bit of research about hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. but the, the power of suggestibility, you know, and you're the that's expert in the field. I, I just kind of, you know, read a little bit about it. Uh, is so powerful. And uh, um, that's that's one of the reasons in the classroom why I'm trying to get the kids to always um, focus on positivity. Because yeah. um, as you know, if we plant something negative, you know, and then it goes in our belief system, then what's going to happen? Like you pointed that's out, which is know. very interesting. It, you find it manifests itself physically, right? Mm-hmm. And, and same thing with kids. Oh, you know, I'm going to suck on this test or I'm not going to do good at soccer or or, you know, I can't write this paper, whatever it is. And then they, they're setting themselves up for failure. So very interesting, you know, what you're sharing about um, the suggestibility and how, you know, all the physical ailments come from, you know. It, it does. And like, I know like um, cancer is one of them that, that can happen. But then you also got to add in the environmental causes, too. Because you can't just say that it's just the mindset because it is um, environmental toxins that we get. That's what, like, my thing is, like, all of the sprays that people have been using, I guarantee there's going to be a huge increase in lung cancer because of all the chemicals having to clean. I I guarantee there will be because of, of that issue alone, because people aren't thinking about they're breathing in toxins. 
the lungs got to deal with it. They're not able to, to get it out. So it's got to stay there. And it's sad it is what it is. It, it's really sad that we're putting more out than good. But um, yeah, there's there's so many different things that I could go on myself for a lot of different things. But um, yeah, that's why like my example I like to give to people is my doctors told me I was supposed to die two C-sections ago because of all of the, that's what they said, because I've had um, five C-sections in the last five years, all in a row. So I was supposed to die from the last two. And I'm like, yeah, if I die, I die. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm like, I can either choose to accept what the doctor told me, or I can say, you know what? No, God has it. And that's what I've done. And they're like, well, you might have this and this. And I'm like, God's got it. I'm not worried. And, and so Amen when I went in for the last one, I ticked the doctor. <laughs> I won't forget the look on the doctor's face because I, I ticked her off. She's like, you know, if we just tie your tubes, you'll be just fine. You won't have to worry about dying. And because the next time you get pregnant, you got a 10% chance of dying and all this other stuff she was saying. And I'm like, Gosh. so I told her, I says, so since when have you become God? The look on her face. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't need this. And I'm not no. going to accept it. Because we can choose to accept or reject things. And that's why, like, my my thing is I do agree with you. It's very important for parents, for teachers to say, hey, yeah, the kid may have this idea. Like what you said, they may suck at a test or something. Well, yeah. if you think that, yeah, that's going to happen. But if you think positive, so what happens if you take that test? What happens if you take that spelling test? What happens if you take that math test and you actually apply yourself? Because you know it, you're going to yeah. pass it. You already know the material. So you've had how many quizzes? I don't know if the teachers still quiz, but I'm just we, saying. We, we, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into like the rest of the stuff because I was in the dumb math class. I don't care what the teachers, they try to tell us that it wasn't the dumb one. And I'm like, no, I was in the dumb math class. I wasn't in algebra <laughs> or trigonometry or any of these, those fancy terms. Uh-oh. That <laughs> was me too. That was me too. You know, fundamental math. Gee, it's not trigonometry, is it? <laughs> so that's where I had to be. And that's like I tell the kids, everybody's got a strength. My strength was always in reading and writing and then, but math and science were not too good. I'm okay at it. Now, how about you, Robin? It sounds like math was kind of not really. Well, see, that's one of the things that's the power of the mind too, because I was Mm -hmm. good in math. Um, In second grade, I had a teacher who ruined math for me. I was doing really good. I knew the answer without the teacher having to we were told how we had to count out the little cubes. Like I remember they were little yellow cubes. We had to count them out. And I was like, I didn't have to do that. I already knew the answer. So I would be forced to stay in during recess to take and do math. So I don't like math. I'm very good at it, but I didn't like it because of that one teacher. Cause she, I couldn't go play with my friends. So my subjects that I am good in Um, I was in college prep reading and writing in high school. And then I was also in, I earned a college credit for business. 
when I was in high school. And then I was in college prep American studies. So it was like a combination of history and I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah. I just remember history was one of them, but I was in the college version of both of those classes and they were too easy for me. So that's beside the point, but science was not. My yeah. We have our sweet spot, right? With what we learned. Yeah. And you know what? I had a similar experience too. And this, this might crack you up, but the last thing I ever wanted to be in the world was a teacher. I really? never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted, I had aspirations of being, when I was like a, a little boy, um, we had, well, back then it was super eight millimeter movie cameras way before your time. And nowadays the kids, you know, use their iPhones to make videos. And I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be another Steven Spielberg or George Lucas. And also I'm a musician. And so I wanted to be a musician and record albums and tour and whatnot. But <clears throat> What happened was in first grade, I had a teacher, kind of the same thing, kind of ruined me. And I was so self-conscious, Robin, about my, uh, I wouldn't say my inability, but my struggles and challenges with math um, that I would cheat. And, you know, because I didn't want to be shamed by the teacher, I would copy the one little girl next to me and I'd get an A plus. Oh, good job. And I'd walk away. I'd just be like, oh, man, I feel horrible inside. So when I became a teacher, um, because I love working with children, um, I took the vow that I will, and I told, I told the kids a story and actually the first grade teacher I had actually told me so many words that, you know, you're not, you're not very smart, you know? And I was just crushed. I mean, it's yeah, devastating. Not to say that nowadays, the kids, my husband, there's a three year difference between the two of us. And he doesn't even remember that. You could that teachers legally could slap you on the wrist if they wanted to for using your left hand. And I'm only 35, what? I'll be 36 soon. But I mean, yeah. like, my husband, there's only three years, he's three years younger. He doesn't remember any of that. And I'm like, I do. My second grade teacher yeah. took and did that. We had naps in school though, too. Kindergarten, that's basically what it was, was nap time. Oh, man. Yeah, I see, that's that. Half days of naps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your, your snack and the nap. Right. I yep. remember that, too. I'm 50, I'm 59. And, you know, I think there's so much pressure on kids to be academically proficient. And, and you know, I don't want to get real political, but let's face it, the politician and drives us craziest as teachers, because I've been doing this 25 years, test scores, mm -hmm. test scores, test scores. Well, who cares about the test? score? I mean, test scores Nobody does. <coughs> are important. But they don't measure the value of a person. No, they, they don't. don't. They don't measure the intrinsic value. And so maybe that kid isn't – not everybody is designed to go to four-year college. Maybe they need to learn a trade. Maybe maybe auto mechanics or, you know, um, air, you know HVAC, you know, work, fixing. And there's good money in that. And somebody's got to do that. And And – and courtesy services and, and running a restaurant and things, you know. Um, but that was the thing that really got to me and what I've told kids. And I really felt God impressing upon my heart this. That I, I'll tell the kids, you know, if the math is challenging, 
I teach the language arts. My partner handles the, he does the heavy lifting. He does the math and science. Um, but I tell them, I said, you might not understand it or it might not be understandable yet, but don't give up on yourself, you know, and, and I'll tell them, I'll, you know, next year when you're in sixth grade, I may stop you in the hall. Hey, how's uh, division of fractions going? I remember it might have been a little challenging. Oh, it's better now. Good. What did I tell you? You know, and so just trying to reassure them. And sometimes there's such a value on grades and on things that that's too much pressure to put on a kid. I think it it is a lot of my colleagues, you know, test scores. Yeah, it's we call it regurgitation a lot, you know, regurgitation. Well, yeah. But do you know, you know, do you know how to add and subtract if you're trying to figure out how many gallons of paint you need to to repaint your, you know, your, your child's bedroom. To me, that's information enough, but, you know, I'd mentioned earlier the trigonometry and all It's like, no, I don't think I'm going to go in the store and say, yeah, you know, uh, pi squared times three equals, you know, whatever. But, um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think the purpose of education is to really encourage the child to explore and be the best that they can be, not by our agenda, but, the best that they can be because we're not all the same you know yeah, i'm not we're not proficient at math or you know i'm okay at it but yeah like like my thing is um for me the only things that i think a majority of us remember from school is one how we were treated by other students and our teachers yes we remember that one no problem especially the negative because the brain for whatever reason, cannot process negatives. It just can't. So that's why when you tell the kid, don't do something, they go ahead and do it because the brain literally doesn't hear the negative part of it, but it focuses on the negative 10 times more than the positive. But then like we remember that. And then we remember um, obviously reading and writing and math, what we can remember from it. Fractions yeah. won't go there, but Thank yeah. God I remember enough about fractions to cook. I can cook better than my husband. I can double a recipe and triple a recipe and be okay. We won't go any higher than that because we won't want to know how it turns out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, but like, um, like those skills are needed. And then like the only other skill that I remember from school that I actually needed. See, I was in choir and I was in band, but I don't. I don't use them. So it's like, it's almost like a lot of it got wasted. And it's not that it's like fully wasted, but like none of those tests mattered. But it's the spelling. Well, spelling does. There's a lot of people that can't spell. Oh, yeah. My husband, he still thinks it's sandwich. And I'm like, no, it's sandwich. And then he can't even spell it right. But we won't yeah. go there on certain on the certain words like um, aluminum <laughs> or other words that. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like in general, a lot of us we don't use over half the stuff. Like none of those test scores mattered. Not a single one of them mattered for me, at least for the work that I do. And you are right on like the on the college that it's not for everybody. Just like building a business, like especially in the work that I'm doing. I don't know how many people that have had a severe front right lobe traumatic brain injury like I have had 
I, I haven't met anybody yet who can still talk and still be their own guardian after their injury, like other than myself, because I've met a few people and um, they, they don't have that. I mean, some of them couldn't even walk or, or talk anymore um, yeah. the way I could after, when I went for a walk for thought in Minnesota when I lived there. But um, I didn't do my hypnotherapy until after that. But that wasn't even a four year. I couldn't do that. I can't do four year. I couldn't do in person, but I could do the hypnotherapy. And I love it. I love oh. learning about the mind and how it works and why we do what we do and how we do what we do. I love that part. Like that part all day long, every day I could talk about. But those tests in school, I will say one of them, I don't remember the name of it, but it was one that you had to pass in order to graduate from high school oh yeah i can't i can't think of it either i graduated from high school in 1980 so i think oh. they raised the bar as things went on so um i just remember yeah, I, but I know what you're talking about math. i didn't pass it for math the first time and i had to do this i had to do summer school and i hated it oh yeah so it's just like a yeah. reinforcement to hate math yeah. yeah, and it was like, uh, was it like an exit exam? It sounds like it was an exit exam, right? High school exit um, exam? I think it was like in seventh grade or something that they give. It's like a grade? standardized testing or something that they okay. gave us in seventh grade. And it was, Jeez. it was horrible yeah. because it's like I had to redo math again. Bad enough, my second grade teacher messed it up for me. And then like, there wasn't like for me. Well, it was for me because of her. I learned I, I'm better at math without having to write it down. I don't have to do like the writing it down. And she would tell us horrible things. Like when you get to high school, like her thing was, is when you get to high school, they'll cut your fingers off. If you don't know how to oh do math. You know? I, so I won't say her yeah. name because I don't know if she's still alive, but. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the names have been omitted to protect the guilty, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? basically, but. Um, yeah, I'll never forget that teacher, how horrible she was to me, because it's yeah. like I could have done so much better if she had been in the positive of you're going to learn math. It's OK. Like math is not one of those easy ones. Now how they're teaching it. My, my niece tried to tell me like how they do it nowadays. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. They, they try all these different things you know and it's, it's there's only like, one way to get an answer with math i'm i'm not sorry there's only one way to get an answer yeah yeah sometimes they like with division the they'll do certain things where um you know they'll 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 round to do you know the way i learned it was you just you know you divide multiply subtract bring down repeat you know yes and i tell the kid you find it a way works. that works for you Right. I'm sure you had to sound like you had the same thing with your teachers. Yep. And I had some really good teachers. I mean, I remember my second, third, fourth grade was okay. Um, fifth grade was okay. Sixth grade, one of the things that I remembered, and I kind of um, stuck this in my little, um, you know, teacher bag of tricks, was humor. And it's like comedy. You know, you read your audience and it's all in the delivery, right? And it is. when I was in sixth grade, I loved fractions. 
um, I'll say his name. He's still around. He's a wonderful man. Mr. Stephen Botcher and Mr. Tom Parker were my sixth grade team teachers. And I loved, I loved them. I, I loved math. They had a sense of humor. They didn't make me feel less than. Uh, Mr. Botcher was great. He was funny. Mr. Parker um, taught us science and we'd do these little taste tests, you know, with little uh, baggies of things and like salt and sugar and things and record it. And that was cool. Hands-on stuff. I dug that. But um, I, I made a mindset. They were the ones really that inspired me to become a teacher. And um, I, I realized kind of the long way um, that after being a drug and alcohol counselor, um, after doing property management, my wife said, you need to work with kids. Okay. So she signed me up with National University and I substitute taught five days a week and two nights a week. I went to class from um, six to 10. You probably went through the same thing, taking care of your family and taking your hypnotherapy classes, oh, right? Yeah. And, you know, and it worked out, you know, and, and I just took the vow when I go in the classroom, I'm never going to make a child feel less than just because of their school. Try this again. Let's look at it this way, you know, and they say practice, uh, practice makes permanent and, um, and that sort of thing. So anyway, yeah, practice makes perfect. And I'm like, yeah, okay. that's so much of the perfect part. I'm still learning. Yeah. Oh, Cause that's, like, that's, that's like my model. Like the, I guess that's what a lot of people don't know. It's like one of my things about me is my family all knows this, that the day I stop learning something new, I don't care how old or young the people are. Like my mom, she's very much no, only the older she listens to. So that was always impressed upon me. And I'm like, but if my kids know something I don't know, I want to know. <laughs> that's just who I am. But I'm like, the day I stop learning, that's the day I want to die. Because to me, then there's no point to life. When I can't learn something new from somebody else that will help me better myself or better others, what's the point to life? It, it doesn't exist for me anymore. Oh, I totally agree with that. And uh, when we were talking earlier, before we started the podcast, it's mm -hmm. kind of like, um, I heard this from uh, Les Brown. Are you familiar with Les Brown? Yes, I am. Oh, I love him. He, he was really a source of strength when I was recovering from uh, my first bout of cancer. And I was supposed to have been dead three times during that. And that's a whole other sidebar but by the grace of god i'm still here and mm -hmm. one of the things he said was he said you're never too old to learn and you're never too young to teach so like the other day we were doing these um google slide presentations are you familiar with that where the kids can create a slideshow on the no, computers i'm not that technical <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to have i have to have my niece and like youtube videos on how to figure out some of the stuff yet. yeah I tell the kids, come here, show me. And one of the kids showed me how to animate, you know, one of the slides, one of the pictures. Like, That's cool. So I had him come up and share it with the class. And <clears throat> I think that's another thing, too. I think sometimes as parents and as teachers, I think sometimes we're afraid to make mistakes. And it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, I, I uh, was doing a lesson. Mistakes is how we learn. Girls... Pardon me? Mistakes are how we learn. Exactly. 
mistakes are opportunities. Biggest things from my mistakes. Oh man, I make them all the time. And and so we, I wrote the date wrong on our daily quote. We always start with the daily quote, something positive. And one little girl said, "Mr. Belts, the date is incorrect." I went, "Holy guacamole! You're right." Well, thank you for that. And I tell, I turn to the kids. All right, guys, who's perfect? Nobody. Everybody say, "Nice try, Mr. Belts." Nice try, Mr. Belts. And that way I try to lessen the anxiety in the classroom because I'm not perfect. And I tell the kids when it comes to making mistakes, my name is at the top of the list. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, horrific things or really things on a grand scale, but, you know, writing the wrong date or or maybe calling a a student by the wrong name. You know, Um, you know, you know, maybe I'm calling uh, Julia Mary or something, you know, and maybe I I have my caffeine hasn't kicked in for the day. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I want, want to encourage everybody. I'm sure you feel the same way. We just got to go easy on ourselves. Is the, the way things are in society and the world, you know, everybody's bashing everybody. Just forgive yourself, be patient with yourself, and, and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, Dr. Richard Carlson, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had a thing. He was saying uh, that the three words that a male is, uh, an adult male is afraid to say is, I don't know. (laughs) And Uh, I've said that quite a few times. That and I'm sorry. um, Those are like the two things. (laughs) Those are the two phrases. The other one's I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 So that, you know, I don't know. And I thought, wow, you know. I thought, well, you know, being male and being a teacher, I got to know. No, you don't. Not everybody knows everything. And I tell the kids that, guys, I don't know everything. And I tell the kids too, Robin, I tell them, you know what? I'm not smarter than you. The only difference between me and you, you guys are 10 and 11. I, I, I was, I sat in those chairs once. The only difference between me and you is I've just been around longer. I've had more practice at things. And you guys are going to grow up and you're going to be great. You're going to be our leaders. You might be my my attorney you might be my mayor you might be my doctor you know when i'm you know and so i just tell them hey you know you guys you know we're kind of in this together we're a family and it's okay to make mistakes and we're here to bring each other up and you know i'm sure you're probably aware of there's been a high percentage of suicides amongst young kids yeah, especially during the pandemic. and um very troubling i i've i've had two of our former students commit suicide and both of them were under the age of 11 it was tragic and so um again i just want to mention you know to you and to everybody listening parents uh just please please you know spend time with your child um you know yeah i know we're all tired when we come home and we want to you know put on the tv and and maybe check out our our Gmail and our YouTube videos, but gosh, go out for a walk, you know, sit down and talk with your child. And, you know, it's easy. I've been guilty of it too, you know, and I've had to make time to do that. But um, my point being is that kids are under so much pressure and they say even during the pandemic, the suicidal uh, ideations and, and attempts have gone up. And, And so, what our district has done, and God bless him for doing this, is rather than having, like we used to have, a school counselor like two days a week at this school and two days at, an, uh, at another school because of the pandemic and because of, you know, the severe mental um, 
you know, mental health challenges we've had, we have, thank God, we've got a counselor five days a week at our school. And it's still oh, not enough, but it's nice. something, you know. That, that's so, nice, though. That's helpful. Oh, absolutely. And it's helped us a lot. Um, and so, you know, they have a lot of kids to deal with. But, um, you know, and I encourage, uh, you know, any parent, take advantage of your school counselor if you have one. Um, you know, um, just use any resources that you have. Because you know our our children that there are there are legacy and they're they're gonna gonna be the leaders of the next generation. We got to take good care of them. We got to instill uh, confidence in them and let them know that they are worthy and that they're smart and they're loved and they're needed and and they have a uh, they have a place in life and and they're important. They're very important. Yeah. They are. And the thing, like one of the things I want to do with my hypnotherapy, but I've had few people tell me that it won't, that it won't work or doesn't matter is like, I want to help the kids. And they're like, well, you're not going to find people that are going to want to do stuff with their kids. And I'm like, I want to teach kids body positivity. Be proud that you're a boy. Be proud that you're a girl. Be proud what God gave you because um, like, like I've told people and like, like I said before the show that um, my biggest thing is if we were to go into war right now, because the way society is going, we're all screwed. The USA is going to collapse in less oh, than yeah. 24 hours because we need men. And I don't care if anybody has conniption fits about it at all, because I'm like, <laughs> if we need men to go out there and be men and fight for us, because Women, I don't care. We got muscles. We can have a baby. But there is no way on God's green earth that we ever going to be stronger than a man physically. We're just not. We don't have that. That's why God made a man to protect the women from, from harm. Like it's in the man's biology, in their brain to protect women. That's just who we, who men are. And we need to stress that to kids. Be happy that you're different. Because yeah. if if all of us were the same, it would not be fun world. It, it wouldn't. No. But um, I have we go into war. There's going to be a lot of coloring books and a lot of kids that are adults <laughs> that should be ready for a war. They're going to be wanting their little coloring books and their blankies and going to hide instead of being a real man. We're a real woman that, because there are women that go into the military. I, I could never do it. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah. I'm going to need them to go out and do it. But we need the real men to go out there and fight. The real women that can fight, go out there and do it for the rest of us that can't. I'm too old to fight now. But I mean, like, still. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's that generation that mentality saying hey you are valuable so that's a good thing for teachers to do that's good for parents to do because yeah you are right um one of the things i keep in mind is that i tell my mom this all the time i get to choose what nursing home you go to if you go to one <laughs> <laughs> your kids get to determine whether or not you go into a nursing home or not and if you get to live long enough to go to a nursing home <laughs> Yeah. Just yeah, it's and, and you know, I appreciate what you're saying. And, and I can say 
with my family. I'm proud that uh, I have one, I have two nephews, one that served in the military and another one. And you're right, that, that, that generation. And it's kind of neat to see, um, I've seen some young people, some of my former students have went on to go in the different branches and I'm so proud of them, you know, because- Yeah, I am too, we need our military. No military and no farmers. That is the oh. death of America. Oh, but the military is the number one death. If we don't have the men being men, being taught that it's okay to have men, we're, we're, we're dead in less than 24 hours. There's no way that we're going to live. And people that are like in my age group on up, we're too old to be fighting. You know, it's yeah. not that we're too old, old necessarily, because I don't know like the, what the military says, but they would never take me. I'm like, I've had 19 surgeries and stuff like that. They would never take me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like, they can't take anyone that's in their 40s on up because you got to add arthritis. You got to add overweight. You got to add a lot of those those things. So I'm like, we're in trouble. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. I very much no, believe I... in teaching boys are boys for a reason. Yeah. No, I, th I think that's terrific. And, and that's one thing we see as teachers is sometimes kids are confused with their gender identity or their mm -hmm. sexuality. And, you know, sometimes they'll mention things to us and, and we, we engage our, our school counselors a lot for that, to give them that support and then to work, work with the families. So, and, and we see some suicidal ideations with kids that are confused about their sexual identity and that, you know, that's not, our place as educators to dictate the kids that's between them and their families. But, um, you know, I encourage parents just to be very aware of what they're drawing in their notebooks and who they're hanging out with and things and just, just love them and, and be supportive of them for who they are and get through it because kids, as you know, Robin are so confused right now. They look around at our world and they see the civil unrest. They see the COVID, they see the world situation and you know they see their parents trying to deal with situations losing their job when companies shut down and you know some of the other family dysfunction and you know there's a lot of wonderful families but there's a lot of family dysfunction out there too you know that um yeah, you know there's, there's not not there's uh there's a lot of great parents but there's some that are not really good role models and you know i encourage you know especially um parents you know, if, if you, you've got an issue with something or what whatever, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, please step up your game and be there for your kid. If you don't do it for anybody else, do it for your child. You know, um, you know, and I'm speaking specifically about sometimes with, you know, there's a lot of families that have gang affiliations or drugs or substance abuse and whatnot. And, you know, get some help. You know, uh, you know, God is the ultimate source for everything according to me you know from you know my experiences and uh i encourage everybody to you know to reach out to him and that's just that's just rob belts's uh feeling about it but you know jesus christ is my uh lord and savior and and my higher power and uh all the answers are in the good book you know in the bible and they're there and um i don't know i've, I've, I've kind of kind of said a lot and kind of went on a little few little uh, sides talks here but um 
I think it's important. You know, the family unit just has really crumbled and um, it, it could be sad. so much better. Yeah. But and there's some great families. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to make a blanket statement that, yeah. you know, oh, all the families are, you know, screwed up. But there's a lot of families that, you know, moms and dads need to work at the marriage. They, you know, they need to stop, you know, doing the drugs and, and you know, the gang affiliations and stuff. And it's just, it's fact. It's fact. Because as a teacher, we see so many kids that have had parents that have died from uh, gang violence or went to prison or have done this, that, and the other. And those kids, you know, folks, your, your kids need you. They need their mom and their dad. And, and we don't so, want them to become anyway. another statistic either. Exactly. Amen to that. Yeah. And we don't want them following the footsteps. And, you know, we don't want your child to grow up feeling rage and what whatnot mm -hmm. because, you know, mom or dad left or that were incarcerated or were killed and, and have that resentment and, you know, ruin their life. And so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all about um, having God. I'm sure you feel the same way. God leading and, and guiding us in, in all of our areas. And none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. But every day, just striving to do better and better. And just to be a good role model. Just be a good person. Be, be kind. You know, be kinder. Um, just because some people out in the world are acting like idiots and and doing things they shouldn't do, um, you know, uh, step up, you know, be your own hero, be a hero to your kids and, and to your community. But that's Rob Belts's philosophy, you know, and uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, my story too, because like I said earlier, I said, anybody that is not meant for me, I don't want them in my life. And I ask God for that every day because yeah. once I started doing that, things changed for me because I'm like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to convince anybody. I'm not in the convincing business. And to me, I've met enough people that after um, they've met me there, that, that's, I think the one guarantee I can make is that because we get, we got guaranteed taxes and death are two guarantees of yeah. life, yeah. but I'll make you a third one. By the time you meet me, you'll know God because, um, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm not a one hour. I call them one hour Christians when they go to church on Sunday. They think that they're saved. <laughs> they got everything coming. I'm the I'm the 24 seven Christian, and I'm like, I even put it out on a post on Facebook one time. I'm like, tell me one self help book, one self help book that has nothing based out of the Bible, because you're not gonna find it. You won't. Because every self-help right. book is based on the Bible. Even the law of attraction that people have said that's new age. No, it's not. I actually learned that from Steve Harvey. And Steve Harvey is another good one that had a bad teaching experience. Yeah. His teacher kept telling him that he was never going to be on TV. And he had um, his stuttering problem. So when Steve Harvey said in Habakkuk 2 and 2 about writing the vision and make it clear so that the man will run to it. I read it in the Bible and I'm like, oh my God, all these years, I was never once taught that. And so I'm more closer to God than what I ever was when I went to church, but that's a whole other ball game. But I'm yeah. just saying. No, I'm with you. It's, 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 and, you know, 
My kids are like uh, Jesus, I will say that. They're everywhere and anywhere that I don't expect them to be. And the things that come out of their mouth, I'm like, I got to work on my language that is not French. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, we we say and do things that we shouldn't do sometimes. And there's some things that we should say or should do that we don't. And, you know, just again, kind of what, what I, what I feel personally, I'm sure you'll agree with me, just being good to yourself, forgive yourself and say, yes. oh, there I go. Time to get on track, get back on track, get back on track. Cause none of us are perfect. And, um, you know, we just got to, I think, I don't know how you feel about it, Robin, but I think, I think the journey of life, and I've heard this said before, um, it's not a race, but it's, it's an adventure. It's a journey. And it so, is. you know, um, and, and there's no practice guide. There's, it's not going to be like one day you're going to wake up and go, Oh, I know everything and I'm perfect. No, we're just going to do that to right till the day we die. So, <laughs> yep. That's, that's why a lot of people, when I said why I mostly call myself an intuitive mindset expert and a few people say, well, expert has a bad connotation about it and i'm like well why does it and then i looked it up and i'm like yeah well to me an expert is a person especially with mindset an expert is one that says hey i admit that i'm not perfect that i need just as much help as you do it's just that i'm willing to do the extra work to get what it takes to have the skills that i need to turn around and help other people because I'm constantly working on myself. That's what an expert to me is. Oh, I think that's a, that's a perfect definition. I wholeheartedly agree with it. I tell my kids, I say, yeah, you know, I'm a professional, I'm a teacher, but I don't know everything there's about everything. And there's times the kids will ask me a question and I'm like, you know, I don't know. Hey, let's sit down, let's, let's Google it. And then I'll project it on the screen. Okay, and I, what was one I did today? This one I'm did. older than oh. Google. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> my niece taught me that one. I was like, my, my niece is like 12 yeah. or 13, one of the two. And she taught me that I'm older than Google. I'm like, thanks. I'm oh, oh. Older than oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm way older than Google. And, and one of the little girls, she was doing a Google slide presentation. We're doing informational writing and she was doing it on malls, you know, malls. And so she goes, Mr. Bouts, how, how many how many malls are there in California? I said, I don't know, but come over here, bring your Chromebook. Let's look. So we sat down and we looked at it and there it was. I thought that was cool. I said, thank you for sharing that. I said, I learned something new, you know, and um, trying to get people, not just kids, but adults away from that intimidation factor. And again, if we're just kinder and more gentler, I think the world be a better place. I'm sure you agree with me, you know, I do. That's the biggest thing. That's why I keep saying, like I said, over my office every time I'm like, yeah. I don't want people in here that are going to be closed minded. I want people that are open to the yeah. possibilities of we can learn from each other. We, you know, like if you sat down and you talk with somebody, that's why people like going to the psychologist that can't do anything for them. A lot of the times is because they just have somebody there just to sit there and talk. And it's like, so then when they come see me, they think it's the same way. And it's like, no, I'm actually going to teach you how to break through those self-limiting beliefs. I'm going to teach you skills where we don't just sit and talk. That's not my job. So it's, um, 
it's a lot of that validation because like if we just sit down and talk to another person like what we used to do back when i was growing up anyway you know you just sit down with somebody and you're like so what have you done today like how are you doing like have those conversations instead of just what it is now and it's i think the world would just stop being such a whole bunch of things i want to say yeah Oh, I'm with you. I'm not yeah. productive way, yeah. but I'm just saying, I'll bite my tongue right. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I read you loud and clear on that. It's like, it seems like, and I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes we have so much on our plate or what we perceive our plate uh, undoes and things that it's like, I don't really need to do X, Y, and Z and Q and F, but I would like to do A and C but I really need to spend time with my family. And like you said, just taking that time to check on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and we lead by example, right? You know, yes. how are you doing today? And and our kids, our students, watch me and team teaching partner, we're, we're in two doors, and they see the way that we interact. And one of the kids said the other day, oh, you and um you and Mr. Fullerton are really listening or watching, but you know, we lead by example and you know, my partner, I'll say his name, Tom Fullerton, he's, you know, a dear friend, a, a dear colleague, a dear brother in Christ. And, you know, we get along famously. We like to have a sense of humor with the kids and uh, and that sort of thing. And so um yeah, and we're really good friends and um, you know, we do a lot of activities together and we compliment each other, and and um, I often say that being a teacher is sixty five percent social scientist, thirty five percent facilitator of knowledge, and so um, yeah, it's uh, wow, lots of things to think about, and um, yeah. you know, like you said, this world is and this country, there's just a lot of things going on, and and like I said before, not to sound repetitive, but if we could just you know, instead of criticizing, and I've certainly been guilty of this, you know, compliment something rather than criticize, build up rather than tear down. And, you know, that's the way I was raised. It was more happier that way. But it seems like every, not everybody, but it seems like a lot of people, like you said, we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. before the before the show, that, um, you know, with the media, a lot of it's tearing down and you know, it's just negative it stuff is. and it's not edifying anybody or anything. No, it, it's not. And edification is never like, it's not for me. It's for you to say, hey, I know this person yeah. is the best person to talk with. That's why you edify somebody. And I learned that from, surprisingly, I, I learned it from one of my network marketing companies that I'm in. When they're talking about why you edify somebody, is because it's not about you. It's about, hey, I know this person that has more skills. I know this person is the best person to talk to for this issue because they're the ones that have been doing it. They're the ones doing that. That's like the whole reason for my podcast when I started, when I decided to break out of my own comfort zone and say, hey, that's another colleague that's from the college about being one of my first guests on the podcast. That's what I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And when I did that, yeah, it was scary. I've had my podcast since like 2019, but I was scared. 
And so when I broke through that, I'm like, I really enjoy this. Like the whole point is to take and really help people become the best version of themselves. Because to me, it's a kind of a curse, but it's also a blessing. It's a curse in the fact that when I don't see people living up to the potential that I know that they're capable of, that's the part that's the curse for me. So I try to just give it to God and ask him to deal with it. But when I see people that are on their way there, just like what a teacher does, like I'm I'm sure you like, like when the students finally get what you've been trying to teach them. Like you see that light bulb moment and that's what drives me in my office, like when I do hypnotherapy, okay, I've had children, but for me, it's not that the, that the adults are babies by any means, but it's like when they're in my office or like online and they finally get like why they're having this problem, like what's going on and they finally get it. For me, it's like a new baby is just born. Like I get that amount of joy in what it is that I do. It's just like, that's what sustains me. I'm just like, I love that. It's like, you see a person come in like depression. They're they're like, they feel hopeless. And then like by the third session, they're like, even like up to the third session, they're like a completely different person. And it's like, this is why I love what it is that I do so much that for me, like, when I've had thoughts like, is the business going to succeed because of all of the stuff going on in the world with the media pushing inflation and all these different things. Oh yeah. I'm like, for me, if I didn't have this, I've, I've lost children through miscarriage and an ordeal in Minnesota. And for me, it's equal to that. If I didn't have this business, it, it's equal to losing a child because of how, much i love the work that i do because i love to see those changes and that's why i'm like maybe i'm just like an inner teacher yeah (laughs) you are you are so much yeah and and god bless you for all that you do robin because it's very important what you do and i'm I'm familiar a little bit with the suggestibility of hypnotherapy but um yeah and it's the same thing with affirmations and so you know, like I said, God bless you that it's a, you know, kind of a, a holistic form and it's non, you know, medication and, and that sort of thing. And, um, I think it's terrific. And, um, yeah, that, you know, when I tell the kids this too, when, and I've heard this said, uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, I'm sure you've read his works and heard his stuff. He said that, um, when you put your heart in something, your body will follow. And he was using yes. the analogy. There was a, a famous trapeze uh, instructor and he was working with some young people, you know, on, on the trapeze. And this one young man froze up and said, I'm afraid I might fall. And then he, he told him, you know, um, the instructor, wherever you put your heart, your body will follow. And so he did the drill and swung out there and, and did it. That's not a I would want to do, but I certainly respect no. the sentiment behind, you know, that we put our heart into what we do and that we love what we do. And I definitely love what I do. I love working with kids. Um, I, I can tell that cold. very much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, thank you. It's, it's, it's been challenging. Um, but you know what? 
like, like you say, I, I defer to God too. And I pray for, for the kids and, you know, that we are to them what they need us to be to them and to be mentors and, you know, supportive and, and that sort of thing. And we just we do the best we can one day at a time with God's help. Right. Yep. And like I, uh, I've told other people, I'm like, I will be the first person to admit I have yelled and screamed at God more than once because I figure, you know what? <laughs> I have a mom and a dad. They haven't been always the best to me, but I tell you right now, even when I yell and shout at them and I hoot and holler and I scream and cry, God's the exact same way. He can handle it. You froze up, Rob. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you oh, heard yeah. last. Amen to that. Oh, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, amen. To what okay. You said. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely with I, I look at it this way. I can sit and be mad all day long if I want to. And maybe, and for all I know, maybe God's up on, I don't know if you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty. But for all I know, maybe God is up there on the, I'm on the anthill and he's burning off my feelers, you know, some days. And I can be mad at him all I want. Yeah. But I tell you right now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't do things the way that, um, feels good and aligned with me and what God wants me to do. I can't, it, it doesn't work. I've tried. Yeah. That's why I had to change my business name a few times. Cause God's like, I told you what it was to begin with. I told you this, I told you that yeah. you didn't do it. So I had to go back and yeah. repeat it. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't work. We, we think we know, that. but I didn't follow any of my questions. It's like, okay, there. Lord, I, I'm with you. You know it's better, and he will close yeah. the door that that we can't open, and he will open doors that no man can close. So, you know, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, he will, and um, that's I just find it so amazing. It's like I'm really for for me this podcast. It's it's not just like a way of trying to get my name built out there by any means. I'm like, I do want to be seen. I do have a message. I do want people to know, but it's really a collective of me helping other people because when yes. I see like you succeed, then I succeed. And people may think that's backwards, but it's the truth. If you don't succeed, then how am I going to succeed? And if we weren't talking through this podcast longer than my typical time, um, we wouldn't have gotten this deep of subject that most people never have. And we're complete strangers, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like we know so much about each other, just having this conversation. That's the part that people yeah. are missing. Like I was laughing before this podcast, you know, like when we were talking, I'm like, <laughs> like I said, straight up, yeah. I haven't laughed for so long and I belly laugh. So I, when I have, when I want to have fun, I can, I make myself, I have myself laugh in front of a mirror and I just watch my belly go up and down because I got a belly laugh. <laughs> so I can laugh even harder when I do. I haven't even done that for a while, but I'm like, now I'm thinking I should do that because it was like, I haven't done that for so long because I'm so like serious focused, you know, like what they're yeah. doing to the kids in school is serious focus, be adults now. 
you only get to be a kid once. Absolutely. And when it's done, guess what? The rest of your life is going to suck if all you have yeah. to do is do the same thing adults do. You don't get to be yourself. You don't get to be that that wonderful, loving person. You, you don't get to repeat childhood. And then there's things that I wish I had known in my 20s that I know now. And even a month ago, there's things that I wish I would have known that I know now yeah. even a month ago. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's okay. You, it's okay. We're where we're supposed to be, sister. You know, it's, it's where God has us. And um, yeah, I, like the old saying, you know, at 59, if I knew now what I knew then, you know, in my 20s, 30s and 40s. But this is this is the way it was supposed to go. God has a plan. Everything happens for a purpose, a reason. And, you know, I can't even remember that Bible verse where it is, but I've seen it in there. Where you yeah, yeah, there's, there's a reason there, for everything. Isn't there there's quite a bit. I can't think of it either right off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, um, God is always good. We don't always, I don't always understand why he does things. I don't understand why I got cancer the second time. I don't understand, you know, why the first time my treatment was supposed to have been easy with radiation and how I almost died three times. I don't understand that. And I'm sure you have a similar story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and I was tra- kind of traumatized by that for a while, Robin. But what I've done is um, I've surrendered to God and I said, you know, that's just, that's just what happened. I've gained a lot of insight. I've, uh, you know, I've written a book recently, which I, I had aspirations since I was 12 to do. And I worked through that fear. You know, you mentioned about your podcast. Well, I, I wrote a book to help new teachers and a lot of it was for self-esteem, but some of it was, you know, it's genuine information. I, I wish that I would have had when I started because nobody gives you books. Says, Here's what you do after you get sign your contract, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, but- I'm sure God will bless us both for, you know, our work and what we're trying to do, you know, one day at a time with his help. Yeah, he will. And it all takes time because, um, and it never comes in the form you think it will either. That was <laughs> like the biggest thing I was no. God, no. you know that I need money. You know that I've got, that I'm on disability currently. You know that I'm trying to do what society views as impossible because he knows that. And I'm like, God, I just need some help with some money. No, no, yeah. he didn't give me money. No, he gave me a planner. And I'm just like, God, what does this supposed to mean? So he, my friend took and sent me the planner. I got the concept of the reason behind it and writing down who it is I need to talk to beforehand, all these different things. And it's like, I never would have thought that that's what it was, but that was my form of money because that's what keeps me on track. That's what I needed to do to run this business more efficient and more effective was to have more systems of organization beyond what I already had. And that was the lesson in the God, I needed more money. It wasn't the money. It was the actual lesson that I needed to get. Yeah. He never gives you what you want all the time. There's, I look back on it. I'm sure you're the same way. You're like, thank God I didn't get this or get that. Thank God I didn't marry that person. Absolutely. If I would have been successful, some of the things I wanted to do, my head wouldn't fit through the doorway, right? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he builds humility in us, humbleness for sure. 
Yep. And then every time, like I've thought in my business, I'm like, I'm the one doing this. You know, I, I can do this. God's like, no, you can't. Wipes it all out from underneath me every yeah. single time. Oh, yeah. Right underneath those... me. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah. yeah. I've had those moments too, Robin. It's, it's amazing, you know, but it's, it makes sense. You look back and go, man, I'm really glad that didn't work out. Or I'm glad that did work out. Or, you know, why wasn't I a touring musician? Or why wasn't I a famous filmmaker? Well, because my talent and my purpose and my calling is to, you know, serve and help kids. And I, I'm okay. I'm fine with that now. I remember my first several years of teaching. I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I, I want to do something else. And, and now I'm kind of... I don't know if you ever saw the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. No, I haven't. With with Richard Dreyfus. That was me. You know, he kind of got into teaching kind of just to support his family. Then he realized he loved it. And so, um, you know, my first few years, I, I liked it a lot, but I always thought I would transition into something else. But I'm perfectly at peace with where God has me now. And I could tell it's the same way for you as well. It is. I wanted to be a famous singer and dancer. I'm still working on the famous part, but I know <laughs> for a fact that I already know for a fact because God gave me the vision because I couldn't figure out why in December of 2021, like I, I, my vision board, my nanny, it appeared in real life at the movie theater nonetheless scared me because I'm like, oh my God, this law of attraction is real. First time I realized that it actually is real because um, she was on my vision board. I had to show the lady she probably thought I was nuts. And I'm like, no, I'm going to make sure that you know that I'm not crazy. And so um, I showed her a picture of my vision board. I showed her her picture. And she's like, just she's just from a magazine, you know? I didn't think nothing of it. So then when I realized that, and then in December, I'm like, I kept seeing all these different visions of speaking in front of crowds of like 30,000 people doing all these different things. And I'm like, now I'm sitting here in February and I'm like, of 2022, and I'm like, yeah, God, this hasn't happened yet. And I'm like, but that's why he gave me that vision. Because I know that that's going to happen. I know that I'm going to be bigger and better. I looked at Tony Robbins. I'm like, I'm going to be better than him. And I'm going to do more. So now I understand that. But um, yeah, it's just our visions are real. You know, they happen. It's just up to us whether or not we follow them. So, like, even when you're teaching the kids, you know, as a parent or as, you know, an, an actual teacher, you know, that's that's licensed in the teaching department, either way, you're the ones that build these kids up. You're the ones that sit there and say, hey, you want to be a leader? You be a role model. You could be the next president for all I know. Or it could oh, be yeah. the next person who is wiping my butt when I'm old because I can't do it anymore. But you're still a leader because we still need you. Because if we yeah. continue the way we're going, we're not going to live. We're not made to do this. We're made to be leaning on each other. We're made to do that. And I can sell it. That's like, like your resounding message as well. Even though we went totally off script. That's why, that's why I do my oh, question. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good fellowship. Somebody's out there that's listening to this right now. They heard everything we said and they're like, this was the deepest conversation I have ever heard in my life between two complete strangers. 
that has been absolutely oh, wow. amazing. I guarantee there's at least one. Oh, cool, cool. Well, you know, I, I've enjoyed our our chat, and um, you know, I, I I thank you so much, Robin, for um, you know having me on your show, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. And let's definitely keep in, in touch, okay? And I'll be glad to network and and um, you know share your information with my teacher friends and on my Facebook. And um, I just pray that God continues to bless you and and your husband and your children and to be safe and, and keep positive and happy and know that he's in control. I'll be praying for you and all your students out there in California too, because oh, like I said, you. I, nobody could ever pay me enough to move out to California or New York yeah. or Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota again anyway, but the other two States, nobody could ever pay me enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're hopefully in the next few years, hopefully we'll, we'll be making some geographical changes and, Maybe we'll check out Sioux Falls. You know, you never know. You never know. Really. I suppose everybody who's been listening in on the podcast and everybody who is still with us, I hope that this message helped you, even though it was totally like unscripted. <laughs> and that's all the podcasts are, but I'm like, not question wise. Um, I hope that it resonated with at least one viewer because what we've been talking about is something that everybody needs to hear that you are wanted, you are loved. And at the end of the day, you got to be yeah. proud of who God made you to be because you can always change it at any given time. We're both living proof, living proof because Rob's cancer Amen. survivor two times and me, I had a severe front right lobe, front right lobe traumatic brain injury. Can't talk now. I've been talking so long. And you can do anything you set your mind to. I mean, like I've had to learn how to rewalk three times and stuff like that. So you can do anything you put your mind to. It's all up to you whether or not you want to do it. So thank you for tuning in to Healing for the Soul podcast. I appreciate your time, your energy, as always, especially with this one being longer. Um, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Let people know that they need to be heard and we're two complete strangers. If we can do this conversation, I know you can too, but make it a great day.